1: Southern Miss to the top. top. You're tuned in to the Eagle
0: Hour. Good afternoon, everybody. Glad you're with us. Uh, Back on the Eagle Hour after two days of everybody taking off for the 4th of July. Kelly J. Sanders with me. Bob Getty. Dalton Esquire is also here in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. We're glad to be back on the air and uh, glad to be back. Kelly, talking Southern Miss sports.
2: Man, you get get to be my age, routine. I really like routine. And, you know, it's funny. I think somebody said the things that when you were younger, you always thought was a punishment. Right. Coming home, doing nothing, sitting quietly are all the things we strive for
0: when we get to be this age. Well, that's exactly right. I'm actually on a day of vacation and here I am. You know, so uh, what can you say? All right, first segment of the show is always sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their delicious, and I mean delicious, food that they cook in-house every day, seven days a week uh, all through the state of Mississippi. And of course, our local Dickies will be catering a lot of tailgate parties coming up, and they'll cater any event that you may have the remainder of the summer. You can sit back, relax, and they, Kelly, always make the cooking easy.
2: I I had one of our listeners uh, had heard me say that dickies is going to is going to cater our uh, fantasy football league draft right and they're going man that's a
0: great idea right
2: i don't mind the guys coming over to my house i just didn't want to have to cook so so they're all pitching in you'll
0: have plenty of happy guys oh yeah Yeah. for sure all right we're gonna kick off the week uh we uh called him at the last minute he's always so very gracious about coming on the show head baseball coach scott barry who uh Coach, I know you kind of settled down, getting ready to enjoy the 4th of July, and then uh, the news breaks that you're a 12-year assistant, and for the past four years, your associate head coach, Chad Kaye, leaving the program to take a job at Texas A&M University. Uh, Your reaction when you heard and your thoughts uh, this afternoon about uh, Coach Kaye's departure?
1: Well, you know, obviously that's a bittersweet situation. Uh, You know, bitter that I'm losing a, a top assistant who's invested a lot in our program over the years and, and given so much. and uh, But on the other side, too, uh, you know, it's, it's it's sweet for him because this is a great opportunity for, for him to uh, continue his career and uh, and set himself up to be a head coach one day, uh, you know, I feel like, and, and which is going to happen. And, you know, I, I talk all the time about our tree and, and what I say about that, the, the Southern Mist tree, and, and it evolves – coaches as well. There's a lot of coaches out there across the country at all levels who have, have come through Hattiesburg and Southern Miss and, and Southern Miss has played a big part in where they are today. So you know, add another one to the list with, uh, with Coach Kaye, uh, being uh, an assistant now at Texas A&M. I feel really good for him because Rob Childress, the head coach there, is a good friend of mine and, and one that I've known for 25 plus years uh, he's a solid man, uh, does the things uh, in our business the right way. Uh, so, you know, he couldn't be going to work for a better man for sure.
2: Cool. Well, I was just going to say, Coach, so now, uh, how, how, when this process begins of discussions between, you know, schools and assistant coaches that you have, are you ever privy to that information, generally speaking?
1: Yeah, you know we are uh, no doubt. I mean, as courtesy, it's the right thing to do to call one another and give a heads up what what's going on, and and just make sure that they understand that that there's nothing backdoored or behind anybody's back, and there wasn't mm-hmm. in this case whatsoever. Everything was uh, was way up front, like it should be, and like I like I knew it would be with with Coach Childress. So, but you know, there are times where uh, obviously I think. Uh, in the same way with uh, some of the recruiting world out there, when things aren't done the right way, uh, people kind of backdoor and, and, and do some things and plant some seeds that should be done the right way, and that's man to man.
2: One of the things that, that is particularly frustrating with Golden Eagle Nation uh, is you look at the situation that Coach Kaye is in now, and obviously good for him and Jessica and, and the kids, but you got a situation where he's he's taking an assistant coaching position at a Division One school, which Southern Miss is a Division One school, but when you look at the salary that he's going to be paid, it's, it's mind-boggling that the playing field is supposed to be equal at the Division I level, but financially it just isn't. And I know you understand that, that frustration, to which you tell people what uh, in the Golden Eagle Nation.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know what to tell them. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you can you can get upset with it all you want, but, you know, I, I, I choose to try to control what you can control and don't worry what you can't. And uh, certainly you're right in, in everything that you just detailed there uh, 100%. But, you know, what we'll do is is we have a very good blueprint, I feel like, of our program at Southern Miss that dates way back before myself, before Coach Palmer. Before Hill, before everything you know I believe everything matters through time and everybody lays their mark and, and makes it better. So our blueprint of where we are today in our program and how we compete on the national level with 298 other Division one programs uh, has been a consistent player uh, over the past few years uh, several years. so you know we're going to continue with that blueprint and that's going to be blue-collar, you know, who I choose to go out and get. I'm not sure yet, but that will be somebody that will have a lot of energy, that understands the offensive side of the game, uh, understands the grind of the recruiting and and how that world has changed over the last five years and is able to make that commitment to to continue to move move Southern Miss in the direction that we all want it to go, and that's – uh, continue to win championships and ultimately get back to Omaha.
2: I'm guessing that this is the time of year, though, that most coaching talent is available uh, that upon the completion of, of, a, of a season. This is the time now when feelers are out; that everybody's looking. That is looking, yes.
1: Oh yeah! i never knew I was this popular. Uh, I didn't know those <laughs> many people had my numbers either. So, uh, but yes, this is the uh, this is the time of year where you know staff changes are being made. I mean. Obviously, if you follow some of the uh, the uh, sites out there, they update it all the time from head coaches uh, uh, changes to, to assistant coaches changes. So, yeah, this is the this is the year time of year where the movement happens, much like football when it happens over the holiday breaks of, of Christmas. Thanksgiving, that's when their movement happens after season.
0: So I gather from your comment, Coach, uh, a lot of people reaching out. Uh, that's a desirable position in the world of college baseball to come here and, and be the recruiting coordinator and hitting coach.
1: Yes, sir. You know, and I don't think it matters what the position is, just the opportunity to, number one, high, uh, uh, coach uh, and work at the highest level of amateur baseball there is, and that's Division One. Certainly, uh, there's only 299 programs that played it last year, so there's not a lot, you know, giving the whole landscape of everything. But it's a college job and one that everybody wants to work, uh, work, work at one day, so it, it would draw a lot of interest. and and
0: normally does all right coach now also we learned that uh your volunteer assistant b.a volmuth obviously very well known in southern miss circles uh is moving on uh into private life and 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 that that really i think is fair to say a result of the ncaa's decision not to allow division one programs to hire a third paid coach correct
1: that is correct. You know, we uh, two years ago when that was being introduced and really talked about and looked like it was uh, it was a for sure thing. Uh, that's when BA was actually going to get out a year ago and, and go into uh, the private sector into insurance sales. Which, by the way, he'll give you a quote on insurance right now. If you got it. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, he uh, so we you know it really looked like this third assistant thing was going to be a slam dunk when it went to, uh, to the, uh, the ADs uh, this past April. But at the, the last, last month, about March 1st, man, this thing started losing momentum for a, a lot of reasons. And unfortunately, it left a lot of good baseball people, hardworking baseball people who have a real future in the game of baseball, without an opportunity to come in and, and finally get paid for what they've been doing as a volunteer. Uh, so now this proposal doesn't supposedly go up for another three years, uh, uh, but there is talk that it might be getting on legislation before that. But you know, in, in talking with BA, even about this position uh, that was opened up with Coach Kies, uh leaving, you know, BA just he's getting married in November and uh, really wanted to uh, to invest his time in something else and. You know, and I I respect him for that. What a great baseball mind. I hate it, but I get it on the same end. Yeah, but
2: but man, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you like the play? You know? (laughs) It has not been a good week for you, Scott. No, it hadn't
1: hadn't been a good one, but it's all, you know, it's all part of it. Got Coach Oz over in Atlanta, you know, doing that solo, and, and I'm trying to hold the fort down over here solo, so. Uh, but we'll 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 move through it. I mean, uh, you know, I feel like times like this are going to make you better uh, with everything that you do. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's, um, it's I'm happy for those guys. I mean, so. That's what it's all about. We're in here to help players, and we're also in here to help
0: coaches as well. All right, Coach, we're going to hold you over. Sad news last week as well. One of the really, I think, great baseball coaches in the country dies unexpectedly last week, and and we're going to get your thoughts on that as well. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour post-4th of July. We're back in swing and glad to be back, and we'll be right back after this.
1: To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, and Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon as we kick off another week of the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. A great selection of Southern Miss apparel, as we tell you each and every day. Of course, all sorts of stuff for your home and your auto textbooks that they buy, sell. I think that they rent them, whatever they do with them. They've got them, plenty of those down there as well. And uh, they're open six days a week on Hardy Street. If you're listening to other parts of the state, you can go to campusbookmart.net. It's that big yellow building. You cannot you miss cannot it. You cannot miss it. It is black and gold. Right across sure. from the campus, yeah. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry who uh, joined us here today, and uh, we appreciate uh, very much uh, his time.
2: And it's not television, so we want to tell you that the Coach Berry, with this week he's had, he's actually on a psychiatrist
0: couch right now <laughs> as he does this interview he's laying down bless as he, his heart as he does the interview yeah all right coach so uh we'll stay in touch with you as you move forward and you know and filling back up your coaching staff but uh, i also uh, ask you to, s- to stick around because i wanted to talk to you about a terrible loss that college baseball suffered uh, last week with tony robishow the longtime coach at university of louisiana or university of louisiana lafayette Died unexpectedly. And I know that there's been a lot of competition between your two programs. And earlier this year, uh, you were getting ready to play him. And I made the comment to you, well, there's one thing for sure. We know it'll be a fist fight, and uh, they'll fight you to the last man at bat. And you readily agreed. Talk, if you will, about Coach Robichaux and, and what he has meant to college baseball. Well, you
1: know, uh, Tony was just an awesome man. And it's such a sad, sad loss for for the baseball world, his family, all his former players, and anybody that ever knew Coach Robichaux, he was a he was a very godly man. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, prior to a game, which is about the only time we would talk is before games and talking. You know, we always talked about each other's families and what our kids were doing, and you know, and and one thing I know that he was excited about was he was excited about finishing that stadium, and then honestly. Retiring and enjoying his grandkids, and uh, as we know, he was 57 years old, but he had been coaching for a long, long time, and and those things were important to him. His family was important to him. His players were important to him, and you know, I don't think it was about wins and losses. It was about developing young men and and creating those that go out and, and live productive lives after they left his program. So, uh, you know, what a terrible loss there, but. You know, every time you played his team, you know you were going to get the best, and that's what he instilled in his guys to uh, to go out there. And from the first pitch to the last pitch, you, you always believe that you're going to win a game, and, uh, you know, those guys always seem to do that. I know, and uh, i always remember when we would do our ground rules meetings, and we were at his place, of course, the home coach always is in charge of going through it, and so they do all the conversations. If you're the visitor, you might ask a question, but you listen. And uh, when, when he would get done with ground rules, he would say any any other questions. And, and, of course, myself and the umpires would say no, and he would always look at those umpires, and he would always say, let's all work hard. And then he would look to me, shake my hand, and he would always say, good luck to your club. And yeah. that was Every time he would look at those umpires and say, "Let's all work hard," and then back to me and shake my hand and say, "Good luck to your club." And that was his—that was his signature, and, and right. he meant it. Yeah. You know, that wasn't just a two-hour, three-hour, however many first pitch, last pitch to come out there and just go through the motions as an umpire. You're there to work, just like we are.
0: Right. You know, Coach, we had him on the show a couple of years ago, and it was—it was probably the—the the most frank interview I've ever heard a coach give, and he got to talking to us about his feelings about travel ball and the change in culture and how how the, the change in the culture has created, you know, the necessity of, of changing the way you approach kids and, and, and deal with kids. But he, was, he, he struck me that day as being a guy that said exactly what was on his mind, didn't mind what the repercussions were of his opinions, and if and if you ask him a question, he was going to give you a frank and direct answer. Is that the, is that your experience with him? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, he was very much a stand up guy. I mean, he was going to tell you like like he saw it and like he believed, and you know, it didn't matter if it was about baseball or if it was about the Lord. He had no problem talking to you either way, and uh, you know, I think that's what that's what made him so special. Uh, and I think in this whole situation, Bob, as I look at him, and he—he was—he was ready for that day. Mm-hmm. Nobody else was, you know. We didn't want him to leave. His family didn't want him to leave, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. But he was ready. He was—he was fine with where he was in his life, and and how he had, had how he had walked that life. And just like you said, that's what you remember about him. And, and that's exactly how
2: he was. You know, at only 57 years old, he was really kind of an old soul. 57 by, by any litmus test is still pretty young. But uh, but by being as old school as he was, you know, with, with Augie Garrido retired at Texas now, Mike Martin has walked off of the sunset to Florida State. Has has the baton now kind of been uh, passed, Coach Berry, to the, the next generation of coaches now?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you're, you're seeing that it seems like that the, the norm out there is that Uh, People are being hired younger and younger each year. So I think that the value system that we all cut our teeth on, that we were raised on, I think that Coach uh, Robichaux saw that kind of deteriorating and leaving the game, and it was affecting the game. And he wanted to make sure that everybody understood that that's a big part of the game, not only just baseball, but the game of life as well.
0: Mm. And he had a fierce, fierce love for that university, didn't he, Coach?
1: Oh, he did. He, he certainly did, and they embraced him, and and uh, they worked together. It was a true partnership with that fan base and, and with Tony Robichaux.
2: Now, Scott, I, I know this is you probably you, you may or may not get asked this question a lot, but but t- any time you talk to an educator or somebody that works in the state system, you know, there's always that talk of well, you you've got your years in. You know, have you ever have you contemplated uh, what what will what will have to happen before you decide that you're done?
1: You know, I don't know, Kelly. I just uh you know, I just get up every morning and enjoy the morning that I've been given and, and work towards it. Uh knowing that at the end of the day I wanna know that it was a it was a great productive day, not just for me, but you know, maybe somebody else. And, and it's hard to do that. I mean I know it's hard to focus on that, but you know, I'm very fortunate in the position. There's not a lot of people that have been at one place for nineteen years anymore. As you all know, okay. uh, you know, things change really quick. And I, you know, I look at the recruiting world today, these kids that are committing when they're eight, eighth graders or ninth graders. And, and I'm like, do you realize that that coaching staff probably won't even be there when, you, right. <laughs> when right. it's time for you? Right. Me? I mean, that's how quick things change. And, uh, so you know, I'm just uh, I'm I'm fixing to be 57 here pretty quick in a Uh-oh. few days. So yeah, I'm getting to that one too. So uh, you know, I'm just I'm excited about the, the year 57 and, and and Southern Miss and where we are. And there's challenges right now in the program to to replace two two very very good men, uh, but we, we'll do that. There's challenges every day in everything we do. So uh, you know, we uh, we just we just keep on grinding.
0: Well, Coach, we really appreciate your time, and uh, certainly uh, we know that you'll you'll address this bump in the road. And uh, hopefully uh, when you make some decisions, uh, we, we'll know, and uh, we'll get you back on the show and give you an opportunity to introduce your new staff to the Golden Eagle Nation that tunes into this show every day.
1: Outstanding, appreciate you, gentlemen. Thank you
0: so much, Coach yes, Coach Scott Berry, head baseball coach at Southern Miss, and you're right. So much for the relaxing summer, right? Yeah, he probably said, "Yeah, we had a great year, did all these
2: yeah. things in the postseason," and I was probably he was probably looking forward to just kicking his feet up and taking yeah. it easy this summer, to you know, to a degree. Right. It's always always a grind to it, but man, now you get yeah. two
0: bombshells dropped on you like that. And look, let's be honest; he, he's right, and I, I'm glad to hear that he's getting besieged with people wanting the job. But let's talk for a minute about Chad Kaye. I think he did a tremendous job here. I think he was responsible for a lot of the recruiting success the the school has had and he's gonna be a tough act to follow, Kelly.
2: Well, and, and go, go back to Coach uh, Mike Federico, who is right. who's now the head baseball coach at Louisiana Monroe. I mean, right. we just lost him a couple of years ago. Correct. Scott talked about the Southern Miss you know, coaching tree. So when there's success, kind of like the Belichick thing in, in football... When you have a successful program year in and year out, and schools are looking for people, it's only logical, right. you know, that they would go in every sport too. That happened. sure, yeah. sure. But 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 I want to go back to, to the thing I was talking about. You certainly can't blame Chad and Jessica for this great opportunity, you know, that they have. But what does it say about college sports today when? Things are supposed to be equal. Texas yeah, A&M and Southern yeah. Miss are both in Division One, and Texas A&M can offer him what three times the amount of money that right. he was that he was making at Southern Miss. And it's what my point is: is anybody that really thinks this is a level playing field
0: is fooling
2: themselves. They certainly are. And, and nothing at, level about it. And at what point are the schools who are getting the short end of the stick in this deal finally bind together
0: and say? enough. I agree. All right. Eagle Hour continues. Kelly and I'll be right back. To the top, and hey, welcome back, everybody. We're glad you're with us uh, this afternoon. As Kelly continues to adjust our headsets here, where they'll actually work. Uh, Dalton, Kelly, Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg uh, on a kickoff edition of the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Great plate lunches five days a week. Just how much, Kelly?
2: Eight ninety five. That includes drink.
0: And Kelly knows all about it. Good food.
2: Well, the drinks that I like are, are a little more. Correct. But right. <laughs> correct. The tea is included. Yeah, the middle NBA of the day, NBA. Kelly. Soft drinks on. and, and right. water. Well, I'm just being honest <laughs> with everybody.
0: Also, yeah. great sandwiches, great environment, pool tables, lots of fun. They play trivia down there. Yeah. Uh, Kelly's the king of that. And they have the biggest selection of Southern best memorabilia anywhere, I would say.
2: And I didn't realize when I was playing trivia that Colonel Hardy, who named Hattiesburg, is named after his... Second wife. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. Even way back then they had divorces. huh? Right. Yeah. Lawyers well, yeah. have always been here, Kelly. I guess.
1: And you yeah. said, uh, what was that? I think it was sometime last week you had mentioned about the first
2: three. Names. First, Yeah, the first three, three streets street that were named in Hattiesburg, were named after his daughters. Uh, uh, Karen, Mamie. Adeline and uh, Mamie. Mamie. Yeah. And I would have never known that had I not played trivia How at many four street.
0: trivia championships If you won, Kelly? Too
2: many. My my whole life is is nothing but trivia. Bob. <laughs> it's been a trivial life, you know. Uh, but it is a lot of fun, and yeah. there's a lot of trivia has become very popular at a lot of different places. But the thing I like about Fourth Street is that some older people like me. Mm. Uh, they'll ask questions that we would know right you know i don't know anything about smashing pumpkins or boink 182 or some of those correct grunge bands of the 90s you know
0: so i was very happy last night when you told me that you kelly went to see the electric light orchestra this weekend with his child daughter in atlanta and when you said that the when they started calling for the encore that the crowd was old enough that they used their bic lighters and not their cell phones. I I was very happy to hear that.
2: And and you know, I, I have to tell you, Jeff Lynn, who's you know the who founded ELO, was up to seventy he'll be seventy-two in December. Wow. All right. Vocals were still crisp, the music was tight, it sounded so good, and I did not know that people my age. Could make that much noise.
1: I mean, you'd be surprised. It, some of these artists take care of
2: themselves. It was it was great, but yeah, m- most kids now will pull out their cell phone and just right. use the light on their cell phone as they're taking a cell phone. <laughs> right. I'll be honest. One of the concerts I went to,
1: I had a I didn't have a lighter on me, so I used a lighter app on my phone. So I just did like this. It looked see, like a lighter.
2: No, no we had we you had the actual lighters, and and I'm not at liberty to discuss why we would have regular lighters.
0: lighters. Right. <laughs> Yes, I say Kelly doesn't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> so uh,
2: at any rate, it was... Uh, there it are was our sponsors. It, yeah. was, it was great. And, you know, how, how much longer are, are these performers? You know, the Rolling Stones are on tour again. It's going to be in New Orleans. And, oh. you know, ELO was just in Atlanta. So a lot of these performers... Um, and, you know, a lot of younger kids were there, college-age kids. Mm-hmm. And I asked one of them. I was intrigued. I said, why in the world would you be here? You know, when mm-hmm. they said, because the music of today... There's no such thing as a musician. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all computer generated. Right. There's there's no showmanship. There's no there's nobody's a musician. Right. But all those guys up on stage, they're actually playing the guitars. Yeah. And well,
0: Atlanta you know. draws up because weekend before you went to Atlanta, my son and daughter-in-law were in Atlanta to see the Grateful Dead, and uh, with John oh, wow. Mayer, who's now in the Grateful Dead, <laughs> and he said the same thing. He said they were fabulous. I mean, they were in their seventies, but man, he said he said they played. About three hours. And it, he said it was fat. And
2: I think the thing that I took most out of the ELO. Oh, oh by the way, this is the Eagle Hour. We're going right, we'll to go talk about some <laughs> of but, but I have to say, I, I was beginning to think I was reaching an age where I couldn't be. Um, I think the term I'm looking for is that I couldn't genuinely be thrilled or get excited much about anything anymore. Right. <laughs> and and I mean, I'm being done. sincere. Well, I know everything. exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I'm being about. sincere when I say that. But to see Jeff Lynn and those guys up there. At, at his age, doing what he's doing. It was thrilling. It oh, really great. was thrilling. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm just it.
0: waiting for you to buy tickets for me and you when David Gilmore comes around. Oh. And, and you're going to fly us to wherever he's if at. If that now. happens, Bob, I'll take out a second mortgage. To see David All Gilmore. Right. Which is
2: probably what it would cost.
0: Correct. Probably
2: so. But, uh, the yeah. Pink Floyd. Uh,
0: Chances are he's not coming anywhere near Hattiesburg, right? He's Probably New Orleans. He
2: doesn't here. need the money, and he sure isn't spending it
0: on clothes. No, he's <laughs> Unless, unless he has thousands of black T-shirts. t-shirts and exactly blue jeans, right.
2: right. But good for All him. All
0: right, well, let's get back to sports. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, now, Coach Barry obviously has begun his search. I'm going to throw a name out there, and no one has said a word to me about this, and I'd be the last person that he talked to about this. So take nothing more from it than that. Travis Creel is a recruiting coordinator, and I believe the hitting coach at Louisiana Tech, former Southern Miss kid. That played here. I was talking uh, earlier this year to some Louisiana Tech fans, and they were telling me how much they loved him and how much what a great job he had done. Possibility? Sure. Um,
2: you know, would would it be considered a lateral move? I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's another name it would be Austin Knight which is Larry Knight's oldest son, and I think mm-hmm. he's on the staff at, at Louisiana Tech. Is that right? And before that, he was at uh, Arkansas Little Rock. Uh, certainly no more pure baseball pedigree than, than now, which would be like the third generation of Knights, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would be a name that would certainly, I, I would certainly want to talk to anyway. I, I Look, I'm by no means I'm telling Scott Barry how oh, to do his job. Well,
0: of course. So. Yeah,
2: I'm just saying these are local guys that, uh, you know, that, that know the landscape. And if you're already recruiting the Louisiana, Mississippi area, you wouldn't miss a beat, you know, recruiting. One of the other questions that comes up, too, which which warrants discussion is, would there be any junior college coaches? Correct. Around, but the problem I think you're dealing with there is that if they're a head coach. In, yeah. in the MACJC, the Mississippi Association of Community and Junior Colleges, if they're a head coach, they're probably making more money as a head coach in junior college than they would be um, mm-hmm. as an upper-tier yeah. assistant uh, at Southern Miss. So, you know, you've got that thing to, that you have to worry oh. well, about thank as well. Well,
0: goodness Christian Ostrander's on the staff. I mean, he he step up and, and fill a huge void, but and uh, he went the junior college route. You right.
2: know, he was at Gulfport High School and then went to Jones, and then to Louisiana Tech, and now back to Southern Miss. So, so that's right. he's been down that road. So it obviously can happen, um, but Coach Barry made a good point that, and he he wasn't as as bold as I'm about to be. You know, he's he's now dealing in a in a power position. Okay, he's he has a product. Mm-hmm. That has it speaks for itself. And when that happens, you know, you're going to get you're going to get top notch
0: people that are going to come out and show interest for it. Are we ever going to see the day, though, when things are a little more even to where schools like Texas A&M can't just come cherry pick? Coaches off of of smaller school staffs and throw so much money on the table that even if the coach, you know, we talked to Chad Kaye during the conference baseball tournament the morning after they won the opening game against Rice, and he visited with Luke and I for probably an hour. And we talked about him taking other jobs. And, And, you know, and I believe him when he said at the time that wasn't even, you know, that wasn't even on the radar. But here comes a school. Now, what I was told. And I don't know this to be a fact, but I was told he's going to be paid close to $175,000 a year as the assistant at Texas A&M, which is about a threefold raise, I suppose, or or probably at least doubling his income. Are we just going to continue to see this gap bigger, 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 bigger?
2: Until what we talked about just prior to the break, until schools like Southern Miss, the Conference USA schools, the Sunbelt schools, the MAC the, the whack all the, until the have nots stand up and say look you guys can keep doing what you're doing but we're all going a different direction and why won't they do that you know, Kelly? bob it is it's been a source of frustration for me for a long time because because look if you know sometimes when you step out of line it takes a special ty- type of type because you're going to get abused you're going to get abuse, you know because the haves like you being a have-not. They want you to stay in line. Don't upset the uh, upset the apple cart, right? So anytime that that, that happens, uh, there's going to be repercussions. And remember, you have a lot of academics that have to be involved in the process. And generally speaking, and this is not meant as a criticism, it just is what it is. Generally speaking, academics don't, you know, they don't want to... They don't want to rock the boat. You know, this is, this is the way it's been. This is the way we've done it. But it, we, we'll take vision and strength on, you know, on behalf of about five to ten people um, to step forward and say, this ain't working anymore. It's not working for us, and, and this is the school that I answer to, and we have to do something
0: different. A minute left to this well, You're a Southern Miss fan, long-standing Southern Miss fan. How frustrating does this become to you? It's beyond frustrating.
2: You get to a point where it's exasperating, you know, because it's out of your hands. You know, Tears for Fears had a song that said it's, it's under my skin, but it's out of my hands. And Coach Barry even said, well, it's this is what we have to this is what we have to deal with. This is the this is the climate. So, again, until some people up top decide to get out of line and say, look, we're going with or without you. Lots of times, if that first domino will fall, Bob, right? You know,
0: there'll be other ones that'll say, "I'm, I'm with you," but that's what it's going to take. Well, keep this in mind, uh, folks. When Texas A&M can pay an assistant more than the head coach here is making, and your head coach, the quality coach that you have here, has been here for 19 years, you ought to be grateful, and you ought to thank him every time you see him for uh, for sticking to his guns and 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 keeping this program on the right track
2: it, it does seem that there are still some people who do it for the love that's correct rather than yeah. the
0: money. i think we have one here all right we'll be right back
1: To the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Gulfport Home Center. Huge selection of pre manufactured homes. Uh, could be your first home. Could be your weekend home. Could be your hunting camp. Uh, they have every size, uh, every floor design. Uh, great opportunity for you to enjoy the uh, the fun. Great stuff about home ownership, and the good folks at Gulfport Home Center can help you do that. And even
2: when you're getting, like, you're out of college at Southern right. Miss, maybe you just graduated Southern Miss or Cary or, or wherever, and you're, you know, you're, you're at the bottom rung at the, on the work ladder, but you know, you crunch the numbers, you go, I can do that. Right. You know, I can do that. And there, there are a lot of advantages, including tax advantages, too. As
0: opposed to paying rent and right. throwing it out the window. Correct. You and, might as well just throw it out the front door.
2: And let me tell you something. As life goes on, and these and, and younger people will understand this, mm-hmm. you start asking questions like, what are the tax implications?
0: Correct. <laughs> it yes, becomes no a very doubt. important no question. No doubt about that. All right. Going to be on the road Friday. Kelly and I will be back uh, with our buddies down at Ramey Motors in Purvis. Uh, had, should have been last Friday, but with the holiday. Day we push it back so uh always look forward to being with those guys
2: and no pun intended but they're rolling down there aren't they they are they are really rolling. Ways. yeah and they've just yeah. they've just been open not very long but
0: yeah I'm so we, we look forward to uh to joining those guys I will sort of remind everybody that uh the super talk stations here in hattiesburg and laurel are conducting major political rallies on thursday night it'll be at the uh Train at the train depot in Laurel. Got all the gubernatorial candidates, lieutenant governor, state, and local candidates from throughout the Jones County races will be there this coming Thursday night. And next, a week from Thursday night, uh, the company will be putting on a political uh, forum at uh, in lake serene and lamar county again all the state candidates are expected uh, as well as lamar county County. hard belief kelly but it's almost time to vote and go back to school
2: august 6th i think are the primaries right. which actually in lamar county which is where our hattiesburg studio is located that's the very first day of school is August 6th. So you got a lot of things on your plate on, right, on August right. 6th. You
0: know? All right, just a couple minutes left in the show. We're going to start getting a little more into this uh, now that the fourth is behind us, moving forward. I wanted to get your input on this real quickly. Surprise, surprise, I was watching the NFL channel this morning. This is supposed to be a day off. And uh, they were taking a look at the division of the New Orleans Saints. And they were saying as good as the Saints are, the Saints are in for a serious challenge this year. They expect Atlanta to be much improved. They expect Tampa to be, you know, new coaching staff, a little unpredictable there. But they talked about uh, the Carolina Panthers, and if Cam Newton – surgery worked, and he gets back to the top of his game that he can be the most dynamic quarterback in the league and that the saints could be in for a real challenge from the carolina panthers i don't buy it i don't buy it
2: no i do i don't i don't buy it at all um last year at this time if you listen to some of the the pundits they were talking uh, talking about the afc north you know who they were all talking up last year at this time The Cleveland Browns. They got Baker Mayfield. This was last year now. Last year. And I think Cleveland finished dead last in the division. They
0: were talking them up this morning.
2: Yeah, well, and that's what I'm saying. But you never hear about these guys talk about the New England Patriots. You know why? Because it's boring Mm -hmm. to talk about the New England Patriots, right? right? It's not sexy to talk about the Patriots.
0: But you think the Saints are still the talented team in that division (laughs) and that – the. The Saints will be a tough team to put up I do.
2: I do. And, and and But but they have to remember that, that re, lots of times in radio shows, national syndicated programs, it's all about entertainment. So you've got to wow. give them something to talk about. And it's not sexy to pick the Saints. It's not sexy to pick the, the Patriots. But look, I mean, how many times do the Patriots have to win the stinking Super Bowl before it doesn't matter who they lost in the off season? It, it doesn't matter it who doesn't they traded. It a bit, does doesn't it? matter who retired. The Patriots are the Patriots, you know, but. Nobody wants to talk about it. It doesn't make for good radio. And
0: that kind of goes back to that coaching tree thing we were talking about. Scott was talking about the coaching tree of, of Southern Miss baseball. Obviously, on a national scale, how about the how about the coaching tree of Bill Belichick?
2: And, it, and before that, and of course, he came from... Uh, Bill
0: Parcells. Uh,
2: yes. So, wow. I mean, those branches, that's why they call it a tree, because it, it goes a lot of different ways. But, you know, a lot of the guys... Uh, who have come off that part of the, the Belichick tree, though, have not found near the success that their boss did. Right. You know, I mean, Josh McDaniels has tried two or three different jobs mm-hmm. and has been marginal at best. Right. And now you got Matt Patricia, who's the head coach of the Detroit Lions. The verdict is still out on him. You know, as to how good he's going to be. You know, in Detroit. Right. Um, but but because they're there, you know, and and look, they're not stupid. They'll say I'm going to take a job with the Patriots. I'll be there two or three years, and then I'll get get my shot.
0: And know? I'm thinking that the Saints coach came from the Bill Parcells tree, if I'm not mistaken, Sean Payton? Sean
2: Payton, because he came from the Cowboys more directly. But that's probably right. where he was hired when Parcells was. Uh, so another great year for who? That you think? I I don't see why not. Yeah, I, you know, and pretty talented. And when they talk about, oh well, you know, Breeze is getting old. Well, Brady's what? Forty two? Yeah. You know, so, you know, if if you got if you got an offensive line that can protect your quarterback and look, all the rules that are being changed are for the quarterback. Absolutely. To protect that quarterback, because that's the franchise guy. That's the one that they're paying a lot of money. And that's the one that the fans want to come see.
0: So you wouldn't be shocked to see a Saints
2: Patriots Super
0: Bowl. Actually,
2: I would love
0: that Super Bowl because I
2: could 100 percent cheer. For one of those teams, and you could probably guess which
0: one. <laughs> All right, Kelly, I, and Dalton will be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We thank you for tuning in. We're glad to be back with you every day. And uh, until 1 o'clock tomorrow, Southern Miss.
2: To the top. Future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. go
1: to the sea i feel like i can let my spirit carry me i want to fly like a bird to a free i love the love of nature
0: a super talk mississippi yeah. media production